This is the 2010 Jack Straw Writers Program. Curator Jared Lysing interviewed writer Bill Carty about his work. I think there's something about a, a distance between you and a place that helps you write about it. I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's necessary, but I think it might change the way you write about it or change the way you think about it. That reminds me of something you said in your artist statement and thinking about poems as constantly returning. And in many ways, that's sort of what you're doing with this project. I mean, you're returning to sort of a lost piece of history, but you're also returning to your hometown, which I think is is really special in a way. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my poems take place in my hometown and uh, or maybe maybe not take place in, but reference, reference that. I don't know. I think there's something to to knowing a, la- a particular landscape in such detail, just like in terms of the the hours spent in this town where I lived for 14 years or or so. Um, just you know, you know, you know the streets, but and you know the houses, but also you know kind of the space between the houses and the backs of houses and stuff like that. And you don't get that same, or it's harder to get that same sense. It takes time and Maybe as an adult, you're not running through yards, and the boundaries are a little bit different, so you don't have quite the the same same picture of a complete landscape. Now we'll hear selections from Bill's live reading at Jack Straw Productions. These are a series of poems I'm working on that retell or reimagine a uh, a duel that took place in 1838 uh, between two two congressmen. Um, one of them from uh, the great state of Maine, where I'm from, and actually from the same hometown. And that's kind of how I, I got originally interested in the project. There are a few names that get thrown around here. Um, Silly, Jonathan Silly is the, uh, the congressman who was from Maine who was killed in the duel. Uh, Graves, appropriately, is the guy who killed him. Um, <laughs> Wise is the second to Graves. There are a lot of great proper nouns in this. Uh, so Wise is, was Graves' second, so his assistant in the duel. And uh, Silly's assistant is Jones, who I'm not sure uh, comes up. But, okay, first poem's The Falling Power. If you really want to get religion, find the edge of the great dismal swamp and hear each molecule released from the muck. Every bullfrog becomes a boot, the sound of incipient slave revolt. Such chattels chain the imagination. Water moccasins don't just slither out, they materialize. Daily, you check your chest for the mark that marks your profitdom. There are other signs, sure. Jackson, old hero, twice got himself shot. A bullet inches close to the heart. In the camp meeting tent, everyone thinks they've caught conversion. Cholera was never so hot. Outside, children sell vials of the abolitionist bones. Later, they will pre-enact the Battle of Gettysburg. Elsewhere, there's a War of 1812 going on. You unfold your lawn chair to watch from the crowd. You ask one man with the foresight to bring a stepladder what it is we will see. The background for the dueling, the dueling practice, which, as, I, as I've 
perceived it through my research is to take the minor's insult and blow it way out of proportion through this very, very deliberate, arcane set of rules, um, just to get a sense of the type of rules that they were, they were working with here. Um, rule six in the dueling code was, if A gives B the lie and B retorts by a blow, being the two greatest offenses, no reconciliation can take place till after two discharges each or a severe hit, after which B may beg A's pardon humbly for the blow, and then A may explain simply for the lie, because a blow is never allowable, and the offense of the lie therefore merges in it. See preceding rules. <laughs> so, um, kind of hard to figure out what exactly is happening. So I took a... Uh, some of the, the strangest details, possibly apocryphal from duels I read about, and kind of put them in this new, uh, new dueling code. So, Code Duello. Cillian graves on the dam of Rio Fuerte, their seconds by their sides bearing similar caliber. Silly engraves below the cliffs of Weehawken with syringes of ague, with long links of sausage, with yarn graves has sheared from herd of merino, in an indiscriminate field beside the Anacostia, with broadswords on a plank above the moat filled with crocodiles. On account of the healed on account of hucksters, with the phrenologist's calipers, after Silly enlisted the old Yager hammers who lived by the river, because the old normal was violence, because the captain flogged his men, spread eagled from the yard arm, because that shadow formed the crest of the country, because graves practiced for weeks, sailing toy ships in tide pools. After Scilly paced north until it was south, under no one's jurisdiction, all goofed up on nitrous, after graves strung libel from the tail of a seaplane, in spite of the Puritans, with that 76 spirit, because whiskey is a wicked palliative, with their seconds by their sides, on vents over the subway, so the loser could lie down and hear the hum of the city. On the day Indians arrived with voguish tufts of hair, on the day sharp as eagle beaks, with Silly slipping into his crustaceous armor, with Silly's fly rods beside the Androscoggin, soon nailing each other with perch, with cannons powdered with nutmeg, as they both marched along to the bells and through silver, the stray feathers floating which graves plucked from the air. with their seconds by their sides, because of a pretense in lieu of the cane, in the dormant volcano's caldera, over a lock of hair, with broomsticks on horseback, in a smallish pond, in a nation of lily pads where the son of the king is the prince, where the sun flickers with light. Wait, whose pond, whose sun? Okay, this, uh, this poem's called The Third, and this is actually, I was driving home from school one day and heard a, a writer's almanac, and uh, there's a, it was about Richard Ford, the novelist, and uh, 
one of the details of his biography was that he kept all his manuscripts in his freezer in case <laughs> in case his house burned down, which that was a great and made perfect perfect sense. Um, <laughs> the third. Assume catastrophe. Fire will spark the oil cloth and soon the linen shirt and each untold secret, the alchemy of the varnish, that will die too. To be safe, you'll need three ice boxes. The first for milk and venison. The second for fire and words for writs that can't burn. The third is for you and for your night creatures, your possum, your bat. To join them, you'll need a torch, and you'll need to go alone. It's enough to keep you from going. Don't doubt the fear of staring too long at a problem. Bark becomes scale. Fern becomes flesh. The box you step into holds nothing but the dark. I sent some of these uh, poems to a friend, and he... Uh, and I said, oh, these are some poems I'm writing about a duel. And he, he correctly pointed out that there wasn't a whole lot of dueling that was happening. It was, it was a whole lot of preface and atmospherics, which I apologize for. Um, but this one is theoretically about actual dueling. It's called uh, The Fly. And so Silly, again, is the, the guy who got shot in the, in the duel. On the third volley, and before, before the last volley, Supposedly, he said, uh, they thirst for my blood because they wouldn't stop because they were the, he offended them. It's a, it was involved in newspapers. It was strange. Um, but anyway, the fly. Silly watches a fly. He thinks that it is too cold for a fly. He thinks how history lacks flies completely. He looks through its compound eyes, a blurred mosaic, the trees lifting from the grass, the road slipping into the river. He is spinning beneath the Capitol dome. River floods the vaulted room. He stares past the bugle and banner into the shape of the sun. Men in robes wave a white flag. Washington tilts a decanter of red. Silly feels the blood when it soaks his pants, the chill of air. He feels this too at his nose. He sees wise lick his lips across the field. He sees 800 wises licking their lips. He feels the gemules pump through his blood. He watches the finch's beak grow to fit the seed. He sees the burls on the trees that clench like fists. He sees hundreds of fists, the dark knots of wood that catch the saw and send the fingers through the blade. Soon he has no feel for his hands. He swipes at the fly with an elbow. The fly lifts. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Jack Straw Productions as part of the Jack Straw Writers Program. The 2010 curator of this program is Jared Lysing. Music performed by Shulamit Kleinerman and recorded as part of the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. Producer is Jenny Cecil Moore. Recording engineers are Mo Preventure, CJ Lazenby, and Steve DeTore. Narrator is Amy Brimhall, and executive director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rabinowitz. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, Washington State Arts Commission, National Endowment for the Arts and the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, Poncho, 
and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening.